0: How you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's like the number one answer, isn't it, to that question here in Kansas? Those online, those with us, how you doing? The number one answer is what? Good. good, right? It's Kansas draw. Good, good. What do you think the number two answer is to that question here amongst our culture of Kansas? How you doing? What's the second most common answer? I'm fine. I'm fine. Fine's kind of good. You said that first service. <laughs> How about this one? How you doing? I'm tired." <laughs> tired, Right? That one, now it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. We do say that one a lot. I would argue there's times where we say, "I'm tired is our first answer. I'm tired." Who right now is really tired? Yeah. There's about 25 percent of us are being truthful. Have you ever been so tired, just not in a day, but like you go three days with no sleep or anything and you end up like getting so exhausted that you do something bizarre or really dumb? Like, so I'll kind of be self-deprecating here a little bit. Um, when I was younger, and I, I think this was the trigger, when I got really tired and exhausted, I would sleepwalk. It was still happening when I was in like middle school, high school, well in middle school and I was at a basketball camp once and uh, we're on all these floors, this dorm all week long basketball camp and I woke up in the middle of the night standing in my underwear in the bathroom. I was like, how did I get here? Did I go to the bathroom? I didn't know any of these things. I walked back out, you know, dorm rooms were all set up, you know, same levels I walked down and my door was locked to the room where the guy I was hanging with and then it took me about 5 more minutes to realize I was on the wrong floor. <laughs> I slept walked down to the So I'd ask my wife, do I still do that? I don't think I still do that, but we do some bizarre. As a matter of fact, I went out on the internet and there's these websites that you can give testimonies of how tired you are, and here's some responses, some true stories that people shared their experience of being exhausted. One person said, I was so tired that I texted my friend saying, I can't talk right now because I can't find my phone. (laughs) Here's another one person said, I fell asleep, slid off the chair into the dog bed on the floor. I slept there all night. My wife took a picture of it. Totally get why the dog likes it. Think I'll try it again. Another <laughs> person said, I once spent five minutes searching desperately for my cell phone, complaining the whole time about it missing to my girlfriend, who I was talking to on my cell phone. This went on until she timidly asked, are you using your cell phone right now? (laughs) I was such an out of body of experience that I just hung up. (laughs) This one I thought was pretty cool. A guy, like he's had a really long week, not much sleep and he says, I come home from work and I get this package delivered and he goes, I open it and it's a vintage mint condition Nintendo gaming console. It's like, man, who sent that to me? It's like, wow, what a way. To, so he dug in, found the receipt, found out that he had bought it on eBay at 2.45 in the morning for $800. <laughs> but the one category I want to pick on the most is moms. Moms and dads who have a new baby, who really understand sleep deprivation, Right? This one mom said I'd been up for two days after coming home from the hospital and realized I hadn't eaten, so I made frozen waffles and poured dish soap on them (laughs) instead of syrup. I recall a 3 a.m. event where my husband heard the baby, went up, brought it, got the baby, came down, brought the baby to me to nurse the baby. I was still asleep. I woke up saying, aw, how old is she? And what's her name? And this one's probably a good one to finish on. I once accidentally put breast milk in my coffee instead of regular milk. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep deprivation. Tired or not, we're glad you're with us today. I'd like to welcome our guests. We're glad everybody's here. To our guests, my name is Brian. I'm our lead pastor. Those online, we love having you with us too. Um, We're going to talk about being tired today, but this is a finish of a five-week sermon series called Be the New. We decided we're going to start the month of January in 2021 differently. The whole world is out there waiting for the world to change. We aren't waiting for the world to change. We're making the change that God wants us to be. So let me recap everything we've been through because this is important first week we talked about humility, it starts, we want to be the new and change the world it starts with being humble, the world knows how to be prideful, it's destructive but put God first, others second, and me third, and that set up the stage to talk about the second week, empathy, empathy is where I build bridges to people, I don't shout and argue and scream, I build bridges to them I walk in their shoes and I understand what they've gone through I understand then what they need And then I can be the person I can be. But the world just wants to hate and yell. But we don't do that. God's not called us. That's the incarnational Christ in us. And then week three, so that was set the stage humility and empathy. And then then Pastor Eric shared in week three about community. Community is how we come together, strengthen each other, so we can go out in the world and be the change. And we launched like 19 life groups that week to show us how to grow together and so we can make a big impact on the world. And then last week, we talked about with all this, it can still be hard to come alive. And we talked about, well, God's word is alive. So we want to develop the habit of God's word being alive and bringing us to life. It's alive, we said when we get into God's word and developing that habit we gave you there's classes out there, small groups, life groups, there's a guide to take you through the Bible in a year we put that all out last week, you can go watch, if you have missed any of this you can go watch it on our YouTube channel Uh, you can check it out on our our Facebook page, our website and go back through those so we're in the last week, so humility, empathy, community, God's word what do we want to deal with now, and these are kind of unusual approaches to being changed in the world but we're going to talk about being tired, because this disrupts everything And so here's our first sermon notes here. Like Jack said, our worship guy said, he's got these notes on the back. Our first note together changing the world is hard on an empty tank, right? changing the world going out and be the change the world needs is hard on an empty tank I mean we come here and we get really excited I love Sunday mornings where we come together as a body and we celebrate we worship worship it was beautiful this morning it charges us up and then we roll out the doors on Monday ready to change the world but, but why is it by Monday night we're already tired because we never take the time to refuel We never refuel. So when we don't fully refuel, we go out and only a percentage of us is there in energy to change ourselves, let God change ourselves, and to change the world. The analogy I get is like going out and only putting a quarter tank of gas in my lawnmower and expecting to mow an acre. And it dies within just a short amount of time. And that's what happens when we don't refuel. So, how do we tackle this issue, which can disable everything else we're talking about? I think it's right here in our second note. This is a great place to start. Taking a break is a commandment. Taking a break is a commandment, not a suggestion, not something we ought to consider. It is a commandment given from God that we rest. It is the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments that God gave the early Israelites. So, let me go way back to that day. This is almost 3,300 years ago those you tracking God had rescued his people out of the Egyptian slavery he's walking them through very early in a desert he's heading them to a place called Canaan which will become Israel and it's known to be a place of rest he's taking them out of slavery he's moving to a place of rest and on the way early in two months in to their journey to the desert he gives them the ten commandments because he says I want the world drawn to me and you need to live differently and holy so he lists out these ten commandments how to live the first four commandments specifically the first three are about our relationship with God how do we love God and how do we worship God And that's in the fourth commandment too, to the rest and the next six commandments are how do we relate to people how do we love people well? And so that's what the Ten Commandments are But this fourth commandment says Take a break For a whole day And this is in Exodus chapter 20 Starting in verse 8 Let's read this together Because in Exodus chapter 20 It spells out all these commandments in detail And actually this, is, this commandment gets the most language It's the biggest written commandment of all of them So starting in verse 8 it says remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, guys, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, He rested. And that is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So let's look at that. Let's go back to verse 8 and let's talk about what is this commandment telling us? It says, observe the Sabbath. The Sabbath in the Hebrew culture was the seventh day of the week, the last day of the week. And it would be on our calendar today, Saturday. Actually, it started Friday night and went to Saturday night. That was the Sabbath. You started Friday night, but we say Saturday was the Sabbath in the Hebrew culture Um, and so it starts there in verse 8 it says remember to observe the Sabbath day well where's the word Sabbath come from do you know what the word Sabbath means it doesn't mean Saturday put your arm out like this I'll show you what it means put your arms out like this put your palm up that's what Sabbath means stop (laughs) the word means stop it means cease and that's why we get rest out of it but it literally means Shabbat stop So verse 8, God says, keep this day holy, which means holy means set it apart. And really when we get to verse 9 where he says there's actually kind of two commandments in one. He says, you are to work six days. That commandment protects us from the idol of comfort and laziness. And you are to rest for one day, which is a commandment to not work too much. So you see both in here. Work six days off one and rest for a whole day. Now for the the Israelites Coming through the desert When they get this Understand they were in slavery In Egypt for a long time They worked seven days a week Without stop It sounded pretty exciting To get one day off And In verse 10 God says on this day stop It's a day of rest But it's not about you It's about me It's a dedicated day To worship me Rediscover me Let me come in to you. Let me help you find that rest. And then that your spirit will be renewed and your body will be renewed. So it's a day where we worship. And he says, do your best to minimize any labor that day. Shut down your household, all these things so we can have a whole day. Just stop and be with me. And then God gives us in verse 11, he says, so what's the greatest example of this? God says, it's me. He said, when you work so hard, and, and I know this is in some of our minds, because I deal with it all the time, it's like, ah, I, don't, I can't give up a whole day. I got too much to do, right? And God says, I created the earth, the heavens, and humans in six days, and I took a day off. God says, I want your rhythm to be my rhythm a day of being not doing so anybody has an objection like I got too much to do God's got us on that one the man who holds the world in his hand listens to billions of prayers every day if he can do it we can do it the primary benefit the primary reason we rest is to be with God the primary benefit is we become closer to God we become spiritually stronger and we become physically renewed. So this kind of hit me and I kind of checked a couple other things. So I look at the Ten Commandments I'm thinking, which ones broke most today? Which commandment do we least follow? And I would argue or propose the Fourth Amendment is the one we break the most because there's many of us that never stop, even in a church that never stop for a day. I would argue that it's probably the one that you and I break the most of all the commandments. A.J. Savota, he wrote this really good book called Subversive Sabbath. He wrote this. He said, The Sabbath is the one commandment in the Bible that we literally celebrate and compensate breaking. In today's tradition in America, the, do, the go and achieve, work hard uh, country that we are, he said, we actually celebrate not resting that day And we compensate We pay people <laughs> To work that day um, And he's right Our culture has these mantras You know these Finish it for me I'll rest when I'm Dead Right good The second one is Work hard play Harder That's our mantra It's like right We're a can do And so we When we're a can do Nation like that What we develop is What we call a Religion of workism that's what we're worshipping is our work right and we don't want to do that because we're tired of being tired and the church that's our nation but I say our church has forgot too this powerful command to remember the Sabbath we have forgotten how to stop rest and just sit with God and sit with others I would say pastors don't preach much about the Sabbath probably because we're the biggest abusers and I've been fighting desperately to try and find a rhythm and I love it when I do we so badly need a day of peace to rest our physical body our hearts our minds and our souls so how are we going to do that how do we take serious a commandment of God so the first thing we to answer is this question is like well hold on a second Brian you said the 10th commandment 4th commandment was written 3,300 years ago does it even still apply today I mean we got the industrialized world right we got all these machines making stuff is it really like what it was back then does the 4th commandment still apply to us today my answer is clearly yes it does but I want to tell you that the Sabbath is much bigger to us today than a single law that it was given to the Israelites 3,300 years ago. The Sabbath is so much bigger today to us than that simple law given because of one man. Your next sermon note. Jesus radically changes our view of the Sabbath. Jesus shows up, You know, we talked about Exodus, that's really early in your Bible in the Old Testament. Now we're going over Jesus' life, the start of the New Testament. He shows up on earth, God in human form, and he radically changes the view. Three ways he does this. Three ways he radically changes how we see this thing called Sabbath, the day of rest. First, he broke the legalism of the Sabbath. Talk about that. Second is he changed the day, I'm going to argue this, that he changed the day of Sabbath. I'll explain that. And the third is that he expanded the definition of what Sabbath means in himself. So let's talk first about the legalism of the Sabbath. By the time Jesus arrived on earth, they'd already had this law for 1300 years. And actually the the Jewish leaders went out and wrote more law for the fourth law. They said, not only are you to rest, they made 39 categories of things that you cannot do on the Sabbath, including tying or untying anything. Now, I didn't think they wore sandals, but if today we wouldn't be able to tie or untie our shoes. It was that limiting. They made it so restrictive, they made Sabbath so unbearable with can't, can't, can't. And Jesus arrives and they witness him doing three things. He healed people on the Sabbath. That's work. You don't do that. He taught on the Sabbath and one day him and his apostles, his disciples are out there and they're amongst a field of grain and they're hungry and they just take some wheat off chaff and eat it, that was work I'm not supposed to do that, that's how restrictive and legalistic the Sabbath became, so Jesus tackles it, here in Mark chapter 2 verse 27, it says that Jesus said to them, he says the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the sabbath so the son of man he's talking about himself is lord even over the sabbath it got so legalistic that sabbath became joyless they were a bunch of uniform zombies of the can't 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 and their faith becomes really shallow this happens to us when we're legalistic about god's word and we need to be cautious. If we walk out of here today and say, I'm, I got to do the Sabbath because I'm supposed to, we miss the whole mark on what we're talking about. And Jesus was explaining that in this. He said, man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. So what he's saying is God gave us a gift of this day. It was made for us. And what's interesting is that when, we, when Jesus then finishes this sentence out and he says, and by the way, the Son of God, he's explaining himself, is the Lord of the Sabbath. Well, what does that mean? Well, we discover in the Gospel of John, in the triune God, Father, Son, Spirit, that God created everything through Jesus. He created you and I and the world through Jesus. So Jesus is our creator, and that means he created the Sabbath. He says, guys, I made it. I can tell you how to do it. He said it's made for you as a gift and to bring you into God, not the other way around. And then to help further paint that picture we go to Colossians chapter 2, now we have the early church leader Paul talking to a very young church and they're struggling with all this legalism and laws and rules and stuff so he says this, he says don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink. And not for celebrating certain holy days, or new moon ceremonies, or sabbaths. He said, "For these rules are only shadows of the reality that is yet to come, and Christ Himself is that reality." Whoa! What does that mean? That's kind of exciting. You can look at that. What does that mean? And what Paul's saying is the Old Testament law and the ceremonies and things were written to separate the Jewish people from the world to stand up as godly people so the whole world would be drawn to God through them he says that was made so that it would all point to a distant reality when God do it, would do his best work and that's through Christ and he says that reality has come true now everything in the Old Testament points to the sky He said these rules, the Ten Commandments, are only a shadow of the reality to come. What he's saying is Jesus is more important. He comes to earth. He changes everything. And through Christ, God is now preparing all the nations to come to him into a worldwide family. So there's a shift. The focus is now on Christ who fulfills the law. He makes it much bigger. The picture is so much bigger when Jesus and everything the Old Testament promised, Jesus fulfilled. So that's the legalism of the Sabbath. And Jesus paints us a picture there. But He also changed the day, this sounds kind of funny, that we actually worship. And He did it kind of indirectly. You see, I mentioned that the Sabbath is on Saturday. On our calendar, Friday night to Saturday night. But it was the last day of the week for them. It was a way, great way to finish. But then Jesus' lifetime his, his his life on earth ends with him dying on a cross and he rises from the dead to show us that we can all rise from the dead. And he did it on Sunday. So big was that moment that changed all of us that our hope, our life, our eternity, our rest comes through Christ that the early church immediately started worshiping on Sunday because they called it the day of the Lord. And it was a very special day then because of what Jesus did. It's the day he rose and gave new life and gave it to us. God. And so what happens over time is that becomes the Sabbath day. That's the day they start. It actually, that day Sunday, when they moved their worship to that to celebrate the Lord rising, was actually the first day of the week, Right? We think of Monday as the first day of the week. The early Christian church saw Sunday as the first day of the week. Instead of resting in God and everything on the last day of the week, we start the week by celebrating who Jesus is. We come together and we launch out on the first day of the week. Does that make sense? And that's why we're here today. We are following that church tradition. This is a day of the Lord that we come together. But quit thinking that Monday is the start of the week. Think that today is the day of the week because today is the day that Christ made us new. We energize. We, this is our launching pad on Sunday to go out all week long. But not only did he go after the legalism, not only did he in a way change the day we rest and worship. That's why we don't, you'll notice throughout the, the New Testament, once the early church, you don't hear him reference the Sabbath anymore as a day of rest. The focus comes to Sunday. But Jesus did one more thing. He expanded how we view the Sabbath, this day of rest. Jesus said it's still really important. He never shot it down. He said it's so important that we reserve a day and we go back to God but what he said was really important is he says "What we have to realize now because of what I did on the cross for you and for me the payment of our sin our penalty he said true rest no longer comes from a day of the week it comes from me ah this shifts everything He just expanded what the Sabbath is. He says it's it's still important to rest but I can give you rest seven days a week through me. So this is your next note. Sermon note number five. Jesus is our greatest source of rest. Peace of body, mind, soul, and heart can be something that happens every day of the week yet we still need a day to be with God. Recoup and go but we can have this rest we can enter into this rest every day this is beautifully written in Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 and 29 it's our key scripture for today it says and Jesus said come to me all of you who are flat out tired who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls Jesus said in me for my yoke Jesus said is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light so now this made a lot of sense to Jewish people who were agrarian agriculture people 2,000 years ago, but this one may not resonate with us too much. But let me show you a picture of what a yoke is. Here's a picture of two ox that are yoked. See that big crossbar that comes across their necks and it loops around them? So that crossbar is a yoke. And they would yoke two animals together. They would put a senior veteran ox in there who knew how to do it, how to pull the load, and how to direct the other. And they put a younger ox in there, yoked to him, So he would follow in line with and go with, right? And so that yoke would be tied off to a big cart full of a load, or maybe somebody sitting in it, or a plow. And Jesus said, that yoke for us, the picture he paints is that you and I are yoked to something, but it's sin." We are burdened by the sin of our lives From no hope of eternal life From all these things that weigh us down And you guys know it's just life stuff But sin is what we're yoked to There's an enemy that's in that Veteran ox position and He's taking us places we don't want to go And he's creating burdens on us That we don't want But we go along with it And Jesus said I came to earth to take away that burden and that cost and that penalty of sin and I paid for it on a cross and what Jesus does he lifts that yoke up he pushes the bad ox of sin out and Jesus puts the yoke on him and he still stays tethered to us and he says I want you to follow me where I lead I'm the veteran ox I'm the one that's going to take the whole load of what's behind us and I'll carry it for you you just follow with me. That's what it means to be yoked to him. And that's why his rest is good, and his burden is light. There's a neat explanation this in Hebrews chapter 4. It says, so God's rest is there for people to enter. God's given us that rest, but we have to come to it but those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God so God set another time for entering his rest and that time is today this is still true now it's referencing the Old Testament when God led them out of Egypt out of slavery he was leading them to a place of rest and that was good news but some bailed and disobeyed along the way not everybody came to that rest as a matter of fact a whole generation didn't but God said another time this good news is Jesus this good news sets us free this good news not only gives us rest now but it keeps us on target for our rest in eternity there is eternal rest coming for all of us and that is where our hope is and God said this time through Jesus this rest is available now and it's still true today. This rest through Christ is available to every one of us today. And if there's anybody here, anybody online who's just flat out exhausted, so tired of this life and burdened and has never made this decisions like I didn't realize God loved me that much he sent his son to carry that burden for me, you can start today. You don't have to leave this room those of you online, you don't have to, you don't have to go another day burdened. But you need to reach out and say, can you help me change today? I want to be yoked to Jesus. All you have to do is fill out this card, drop it off, say, would somebody help me to be a follower of Christ? Online, you guys have got a pin there. You can fill out the same card. Just send us a note, and we start to walk with you to show you how to yoke to Jesus and get back to rest. But so powerful in Hebrews 4 is this time is today. Don't wait another day for this. Come into the joy of community and faith and rest. Whew, this is a lot, right? So, but let me give us four more things, four more things that now that we understand our rest is in Jesus and how he's amplified what the Sabbath is, here are some simple steps for us to maintain rest and worship, to change today. To not run right back out and work after this worship service is over, and to actually obey God's command to stop. Last sermon, eh, second last sermon, a day of rest each week reminds us to first enjoy God and others. This day of rest is about relationships. It's a day of rest where I put God first, and we're starting off marvelously together as a body here, worshiping Him and sharing is God's word and singing together. It starts with us. Enjoy God for the rest of the day. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Stop. Don't rush out of here and work. Now, for some of us, I get it. We may have a job. I I just talked about legalism. If I have to rush out to work because I have to provide and things like that, I would encourage you first, can you find a way of providing without Sunday? because it's so well intertwined but if you can't pick another day of the week that you stop with God that's important you really we all need that so a day of rest each week reminds us to enjoy God and others the second thing it reminds us to be instead of do take one day a week just be just be quit doing limit any doing the best you can for a day Third thing, a day of rest each week reminds us to reflect like sons and daughters, not slaves. How many here feel like they're a slave to their job? (laughs) Take one day and reflect like sons and daughters. What that means is we who believe in Jesus and follow him are sons and daughters of God. We are invited into his family and take this day to worship him, reflect on him. We're doing it here together do it individually, jump into his word, pray join him, get to know him, make him the main thing today and that is what a son and daughter does, a slave goes back to work the last one, a day of rest each week reminds us to trust God, the world will turn without us God provides, if he can take a day off the guy who currently holds 8 billion people in his hand and cares about him, he can. I'm sure the day will get by without us. I'm sure God will take care of that. Trust him to provide. Trust him to provide the income and the things you need. Trust him to take care of your business. And maybe this is our suggestion too is take a break from social media for a day. Because it's so hard to be with God when we're distracted by what's going on in the world and maybe taking a break from that for a day. So let's finish with this last note. Fire up, here we go. It's time to go running out of here and go take a nap, right? And join God for the day. So here's the last note. Rest, renew, and refill because the world needs us. This is the first day of the week today. I want you to feel that. We are celebrating Christ's rising today. And we're re energizing. We're just being because we want to refill because the world needs us. Your children need you. Your friends need you. Those who don't know Jesus need us. If the world is going to change, it's going to come through how the Holy Spirit works through every one of us. And it starts with stop. When we go out of here today, stop. Rest, renew, refill. Don't go out and do something and start Monday with a quarter tank. The world needs us. The Holy Spirit wants to work through us, through the rest of the week, to change the world. And they're really tired too. You guys ready to go take a nap? Amen? Amen. 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 A couple things here before we stop. Hey, uh, visitors, uh, Jack brought up the connect card, we'd love you to fill out that connect card, we would just love to reach out to you, you can drop those in the boxes or go out to our welcome center, they would love to give you a gift uh, Harvesters is on here, that's this week where on Friday morning at 9am there's going to be 130 cars lined up here, of people that don't have access to food and we're going to help provide food for need for families in need and we're just going to love on people, uh, it's supposed to be 46 degrees right now so come out that's really nice for February and help us because we need about 30 to 40 people to do that and this weekly newsletter reminds is that there's so much that goes on this church uh, if you're not connected to it please get connected to that newsletter and it gives you steps on how you can do that also uh, we're going into a time of offering this offering is a time of worship but I want to do it a little differently and here's sorry just remember here too giving if you, if you want to give here to the mission of the church and give back to God you can drop those your, your finances your treasure off in those boxes there's also ways to give electronically there too Normally I would go into offering and I would go into saying, let's take God's word and our offering is giving back to Him. Everything that God does for us is so good. Amen? And offering is our time that we try to give back as much as we can, as much as love. It's our time, our talent, our treasure. But we also always look at what God's word is and one of our offerings to Him is change. That we walk out of here changed according to His word. And so I want you actually to watch this video It's going to remind us to walk out the door and stop and I want you to watch it I want you to listen to it I want you to engage in it and I want you to pray through it and that's how we're going to honor God today with our offering watch this with me
1: for the next few moments quiet your mind and listen carefully with your whole heart take a deep breath in Hold it. Now breathe out. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Deep breath in. Hold it. Now breathe it out. Jesus didn't say you might find rest or that somehow you'll find rest as you wander aimlessly through this life. He said, come to me, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. It's a promise. He goes on to tell us that he is gentle, and that in him our very souls will find rest. Breathe in. Hold. Breathe out you can take Jesus at his word. You can choose to take all your cares and worries, anxiety and pain, habits and hurts, and give them to Jesus. Are you restless? Are you weary and worn out? If given the opportunity, could today be that day of rest? As you breathe in, and breathe out. Remember that Jesus is patiently waiting for you to come to him, bringing everything that's weighing you down. Jesus is waiting to give you rest. Hard to do,
2: isn't it? Take a breath like that. Stand with us. family and the and your your children and the children and their children, children, and their children. have a great week. Go get yoked to Jesus. Rest and
1: relax.